Psalm chapter 43 verse 5 declares and asks the question, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. Someone put some caffeine in your voice and shout, Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Glory to God for his word. Listen, uh, I grew up around hymns. And although, you know, growing up around them, they meant absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> they were just long things back and forth, verse by verse, all the courses. What I didn't realize is that the Lord was truly imbuing me and putting in me, um, you know, some of these priceless things, right? And I would say setting up firewood in my heart and my life so that at some point when I met Jesus, those things would catch fire. And now every time I hear a hymn or something that comes from those, for, for someone who's wondering what a hymn is, uh, it's usually an antiquated song of the church that existed a long time ago. One of the ones we sing often, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You know, and a lot of us, what we do is uh, we just sing the choruses of hymns. Come on, somebody. And so if you ask people, be like, oh, do you know? This? Of course I do. And they jump to the chorus right and so we don't know the uh when we've been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to see god's face than when we first begun we know the my chains are gone that's contemporary right and all those things are powerful but hymns are just amazing because not only nowadays uh, we write songs and the purpose of us writing them is are they singable do they sound nice are they poppy enough right do they match with what's happening in the world uh, but hymns the purpose of them was for the sake of not just sounding good but they usually had a story songs like it is well with my soul i'm not going to go into that one today but there's just power behind this and they're meant to communicate deep theological truths so that just like with the Christian calendar, there are certain things as we sing them, certain jewels within the Christian faith that are never left, that are never lost as we sing them. Are you with me? And so one of the things, man, I just want to note today on this first Sunday of Advent as we focus in on hope. Someone say hope. We live in a generation that is full of hopelessness. Full of hopelessness based upon the things that are happening in the world today. Based upon the things that we are navigating in our personal lives. Hope is a difficult thing to grasp. And so consequently there are many who have um, ended their life because of hopelessness. There are many who have quit and just stay at home with the blinds drawn some of you that didn't come out to church today because you're like man i'm gonna give this thing a try from home but hopelessness come on can i just set this thing up it's something that's pervasive and it's difficult it's hopelessness that has got that has hindered many of you from starting and walking out what it is that god has called you to and so it's imperative and important for us to understand, like even especially around the racial climate and some of the things that are 
that we're navigating, uh, many of us, because we are racialized. There is heart sickness oftentimes that's attached to the fact that things don't seem to be progressing as we hope that they would. Are you with me? Proverbs 13 verse 12 declares and says, hope deferred. I'm going to deal with a lot of text today. And so I want you to write these down and remember, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. There are many of you, it's not that you're completely hopeless, but the thing that you have been hoping for has not yet come to pass. It's been taking longer than you would have expected. And oftentimes, hope deferred is what has made you hopeless or your heart sick. And so, you know, today I remember, I remember this beautiful hymn. It's one that it you know, has been a game changer for me throughout the years, you know, one by, written by the name, uh, an individual by the name of Edward Moat. Everybody say Edward Moat. He's a minister of the gospel, used to be someone who uh, built cabinets and things of this nature. And in 1834, he wrote this hymn called, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus' Blood. And righteousness. Come on, somebody. Some of them would call it Christ the solid rock. My hope is built. Anybody ever heard that song before? I love it. I love it so much. And so, you know, just thinking about David's sentiments where he says to hope in God. I believe that hope, hope, which is a virtue and is something that we get in Christ and that we're focusing on, is something that is lacking in the body of Christ, lacking in our focus. Come on, somebody. And in many regards, it's one of the forgotten virtues because of the things we're navigating. We think about faith. We think about love. We think about all of these things. But oftentimes, hope gets lost in the mix. And so, I want to just deal with this hymn, if you will. Oblige me for the next few moments. And then I'll get out your way. He starts the hymn by saying, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I love it. Uh, and before he goes on, I, I just, we can't skirt by that because that's something that's imperative for us to realize and understand. He's making it clear because see, a lot of our hopelessness is attached to where our hope is placed. Oh, I'm getting happy before I even start preaching because I want you to understand this. There are many of us that are having and experiencing hopelessness because your hope is placed in something that is temporal. Your hope is placed in something that is temporary. Your hope is placed in someone who doesn't have the capability of being able to change your situation. But the Christian, for the Christian, and for those who do not yet know Christ, I want to tell you that you, as this song inspires, ought to have your hope founded and built on nothing less than Jesus' blood 
and righteousness. Everything else will fail you. Come on, somebody. Everything else will come and go. I wonder if I have a witness in this place that knows that there are relationships that some of you have put hope in and the fact is there are leaders that you have put hope in. There are jobs that you have put hope in. There are resources that you have put hope in and if you live long enough, you'll come to realize that all of these things are sinking sand come on church in this place uh, but when you put your hope in Christ and in his blood and in what he accomplished Jesus is powerful and when we as all powerful and as we go towards Christmas and we enter now this Advent season where we're refocusing our hearts on Christ and the gift that he is one of the most integral things he gives us is hope Hope in the middle of hopelessness. And this hope comes from the gospel. What is the gospel? Gospel, uh, euangelion in the Greek means uh, a reward for those who share good news. It is good news. Someone shout good news. The good news that although we were doomed for hell, we were stranded from God. Anybody else still get excited about the gospel? That we were separated from our Savior. That about 2,000 years ago that Jesus came down uh, through the blessed Virgin Mary miraculously in the earth put on flesh. Come on. Endured a, a crown of 72 thorns being driven in his head. A spear in his side piercing his heart sack and blood and water came gushing out. Nails in his feet. Come on. Nails in his hands. This Jesus... That was whipped in his back and left for dead because the devil thought he had won and was put in a rented tomb. It looked like it was over. All hope was lost. But we learned very quickly that even though it may look like death has won, that not even death, come on church, is the end because we serve a God who bright and early. I know some of y'all want to shout about houses and cars. Come on somebody. There's someone in here that you want to dance about a new spouse. But I wonder if there's anybody in here that can still get excited and give the Lord praise because bright and early on the third day Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand somebody ought to give him glory for the gospel in here today this is why he says my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I hear the apostle Paul come on apostle Paul declaring and writing down to us through the corridors of time in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, he says, remember that you, watch this, verse 12 and 13, I'm going for the sake of time. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. Talking about people who are unbelievers, even those of you who are here that are not yet in relationship with Christ. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. 
In other words, all of the blessings that were declared in the Old Testament or the first half of the Bible through Abraham, as we've been talking about Abraham for the past few weeks, go watch that Level Up series if you missed it. But all of the blessings that came through Abraham and were promised to the Israelites, we were separated from those promises. Watch. And strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world but now in Christ Jesus you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ he says that we were strangers to the covenant of promise having no hope and without God in the world but now in Christ Jesus you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ this is why he declares my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I'm telling you stuff in this earth will fail you but trust in Christ and what he has done it gives us it should give us perpetual hope so despite what happens in this world, despite what we navigate and face, our hope is built and founded on Christ. This is why God told the people of Israel, even in the midst of bondage and the things that they had navigated and faced, he would remind them, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, some of y'all can quote this, but in the context of the Israelites who would have been in a place where they it should have seemed hopeless, he declares, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future watch and a hope some of your translations say an expected end but he says and a hope it's imperative that when we have God as our God, when Yahweh, when the Trinity, when Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is our God, we have hope. Someone one more time say hope. hope. I love it. And then he goes on and he says, consequently then, uh, we could just break down the song. He says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Oh my, he says, I'm not going to be tempted uh, to go to the left or the right, no matter how sweet something may sound. I'm not yielding to temptation because it's going to mess with my hope. I'm not yielding. Come on. There are some of you uh, that are allured. Uh, can I just speak it plain? Uh, by Batty. Come on, somebody. Uh, can I just. You are alert. Oh, y'all don't want to be real with me today. Uh, because they are a tall drink. Okay, just for those who didn't know. By behind. Come on. Uh, by tail. Some of, there are some of you that are alert and drawn by the sweetness of the chest. Come on. Uh, can we just talk? Because they're a tall drink of water or a tall glass of chocolate milk. Uh, you are being alert to the left or the right. Not realizing that the devil is in to bait and switch. Come on. I know that it looks sweet right now. But I'm here to tell you that hopelessness will come to your life if you are alert and drawn by the things that satan sends your way and the sweetest frame can i tell you that sometimes anxiety sounds sweet too 
Because when we think about the sweetest frame, a lot of us, we think about the fact that it is just stuff that's horrible. There are things that are destructive that sound sweet. The devil can sugarcoat doo-doo. See, we just came to keep it real today. And there are many of you, you're like, oh my gosh, this smells wonderful. Without sussing it out, without checking it out. Come on, somebody. He says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame. Uh, but I want you to wholly lean on Jesus' name. I want you to understand. In other words, no matter how good it sounds, watch. If it doesn't line up with God's word, it is going to lead to hopelessness. And there are many of you and I that have been being drawn by stuff that swells, smells sweet, but is just sugar coated doodle and God is saying you need to get back in line with the word oh, we keep it all the way 100 if you haven't realized yet uh, this is why David declares and says in Psalm 119 verse 114 he says you are my hiding place and my shield watch where he hopes he says I hope in your word uh, there are many of us that are walking in hopelessness because you have been putting hope in the word of things and people and personalities and public figures and you think because someone has a blue check uh, that they have wisdom. I don't, don't want to talk to somebody in here today. You've been just following influence and you think because they have a blue check uh, that that's a check mark for you to follow what it is that they're saying. But we got to get back to the place where our hope is not placed in a blue check but it's placed in the word of God I hear David say that your word is a lamp unto my feet who'd I come to preach to today and a light unto my I have hid your word in my heart that I may not sin against thee if you walk according to the sweetest frames I don't care how sweet it sounds all that comparison's gonna get you in hell man all that comparison is going to get you in hellacious situations following the patterns and the plots of others it's imperative i'm telling you you can hope in god's word this is why in the midst of difficulty we hope uh, we trust in jesus and his righteousness and we hope in his word i love it isaiah 55 verse 11 i hope you're writing this down online writing them down so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty. Some say it shall not return unto me void. Come on. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I have sent it. I wonder if there's anybody in here that understands that God's word is completely efficacious. In other words, it's going to do that which it has been designed to do. And there are many of you put in more trust in the word of a person than you are in the word of God I love it when we read the scriptures you don't even have to hear my thoughts about the scripture the scripture in and of itself is powerful enough to cause life change and transformation in the here faith comes come on somebody Romans chapter 10 by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ the grass withers come on and the word world phase but the word of God stands forever I 
dare you to get to the place where you put your nose and your face in God's word and don't just be a hearer, James 1.22, but a doer of his word. That's it. So that's it. Where is your hope lying? What is it lying on? What is it founded in and upon? You know, you got to look at this. And then he goes on uh, in verse 2, one of my favorite ones. And everybody kind of says it differently. But he says, when darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. There it is. Anybody know he's a faithful God? In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds now through Christ within the veil. Oh my, anybody grateful here today that you serve a faithful God? Not only am I hoping in him because of what he did at the cross. Not only am I hoping in his word because his word will not come back void. But I'm hoping in him because he's faithful. Oh, he's faithful. He's not fickle. He's faithful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you should tweet that. He's not fickle. He's faithful. Come on. I serve a God who's not fickle. He's faithful. On our prayer call, we're over a hundred of y'all gathered on Wednesday. And we sought the Lord and cried out to him. God put the word in our heart that he is a finisher come on somebody is there anybody in this place that's grateful it brought me to tears y'all i was weeping uh, like a little baby when i thought about the fact that god is not just a god who starts stuff but he's a god who finishes anybody in this place can give him praise because he is the author and the finisher of our faith come on somebody i'm grateful that he don't just get the party started but he dances until it's done come on church i wonder if there's somebody that knows that he finishes what he starts he says when darkness veils his lovely faith i don't know what darkness looks like to you today what is veiling his face oftentimes the things that are in our lives block us from being able to see the face of christ they veil us from being able to see him for the storms and the wind and the things of this nature. When I think about the promises that God has made to us and we were just talking about Abraham. And remember Abraham, God tells him, I'm going to multiply your seed as the stars of the sky. And this promise is one that ends up coming down to us. But the beautiful thing about this, what's, in, what's insane about it and what I love is that again, remember he is telling him this when he has no children and he's 75 years of age. When God has made a promise, but your circumstances don't look like they are conducive for the promise to come to pass. But I love what Romans chapter 4 verse 18 says. Bible says, in hope, talking about Abraham, in hope, he believed against hope. In other words, when hope was nowhere to be found, in hope. He believed that he should become a father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. And so he says, when darkness seems to veil his face, when the bill collectors seem to veil his face, when that divorce seems to veil his face, who am I talking to? When that parental scenario and situation that you're going through seems to veil his face, when he makes it clear 
that there are difficulty. He says, my anchor holds within the veil that now I have access to because of the blood of Jesus. Are y'all still with me? And I love what the Bible makes it clear because there are many of you, your mistakes are what are veiling his face. Because you're like, God, God can't use me or desire for his promises to come to my life based upon the mistakes that I've made. And I love in the book of Jonah. What book did I say? Write it down. Jonah 2 verse 8. The Bible makes it clear. Jonah, watch. He is declaring this when he is now trapped in the belly of a whale or a fish. A giant fish. Because of his disobedience, he gets swallowed and by a fish is miraculously preserved in the belly of a... First of all, let, let's just not skirt by that. Isn't it amazing? Because see, this is why some people believe this stuff is allegorical and it's just a nice cute story. But no, even Jesus references it. How many of you know you serve a God that can do miracles? A God that can even preserve you when you have messed up. Oh my, I love it, I love it. There's someone who feels because of shame and guilt, the guilt and the shame is blocking you from being able to see the face of Christ. And this is why we have lean-ins to forgiveness moment on Sunday so that you can hear the reality of Christ's forgiveness declared over you week by week because you have to understand that your forgiveness is not a feeling. And there are many of you that are missing what God has for you because you don't feel forgiven. And this is because, and consequently, you're continuously looking into and looking back at what it is that God has brought you out of. And I'm here to tell you today that God is calling and desirous of you getting to a place where you are walking in freedom. Look at what Jonah says. He says, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love he makes it clear uh, that when you put your trust in the middle of mess uh, because that's oftentimes when we turn to idols yes there are people and this is why we call you out of idolatry uh, and there are people that worship idols and statues and uh, things that and the deities that are attached to these things and uh, they have rooms devoted to all of these vain idols uh, that are not as powerful come on as the almighty God uh, but he makes it clear and says that those who put their trust in these things that they they forsake their hope. Yeah. Idols, though, are not just statues. They can be your cell phone. They can be that sex. Come on, somebody. It can be, it can be that a drug of your choice. It can be uh, that TV show that you keep binge watching and you know you have no business watching because it's not actually helping you out or positioning you for success. It's imperative for us to get to the place where we are not putting our trust and our hope in idols. Because you forsake your hope. And so even if you're in the midst of mess and where you have messed up, I want you to understand as Hebrews 10, 22 and 23, write this one down as well. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed, come on baptism, in pure water. Let us, this is why we always reminding ourselves of our baptism. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Yeah. 
Watch. For he who promised is faithful. Here it is again. Uh, so this why he says that when darkness seems to veil his face, veils his lovely face, I rest on his grace. I rest on his unchanging grace. Don't allow for the difficulties of life to get you to the place where you are hopeless. Uh, and when you are putting where you start grasping at straws and putting your trust and your hope in stuff. This is where we get to where David declares in Psalm 43 verse 5. He says, why? Why are you cast down, oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall gain praise. I shall again praise him. My salvation and my God. I don't know wh who, which one of you has been hoping in stuff. Or, as a, or you've walked in here with hopelessness. I encourage you to hope in God. There are many of you who had hope. But you've left and you've begun putting it in things that are temporal. Hope again in God. It's powerful because when it is that we... Hope in Christ and put our hope in Christ. It brings boldness. Because now you have confidence that his word is going to come to pass. And that everything that he has promised, he is going to bring this thing to pass. And so uh, the fact of the matter is, I want you to understand and note this. Uh, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 and 13. In comparison to the receiving of the law. When Moses received the law, he was receiving it and he couldn't declare it confidently because it was something that was going to pass away. But it's declared, the apostle Paul says, that when we put our trust in Christ, watch, as a result, he says, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. The Ten Commandments was a system that only would last for a short time. But the good news was that through Jesus we would get the ministry of the Holy Spirit which would last forever. And consequently because of what Jesus did it would give us boldness. And so when you have hope in Christ, you can walk around with boldness. We are not letting life happen to us, but we are walking in hope uh, with having happening to life. Come on, somebody. Our children, the stuff we're around, our, the atmospheres on our job. Who's with me on today? The things that we are navigating, we are very bold. I'll never forget. There was once, there was, I was walking down the street. I walk and pray for an hour uh, every day and or more and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm seeking God on behalf of our church and crying out for you and your families and my family. And as I was walking, I'll never forget, uh, an ambulance passed by. And I didn't know the ambulance lights were on. They were going nuts. And I started to pray. And then uh, in that moment, I thought to myself, I was like, I, I felt, I said, you know what? I'm not going to pray for them because they might not be Christians. They might not want me to pray for them. And the Lord rebuked me real quick. Like, what on earth are you out here praying, talking crazy stuff? And the Lord is like, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Come on. I am willing that none should perish, 
but all should come to repentance too, so many y'all in your Canadian tale way too polite for the gospel the gospel is something that you and I gotta get to the place where we start walking in boldness we start praying boldly for family members we start ministering boldly to co-workers and loved ones is there anybody in here that knows that we have an assignment there ought to be boldness when you have your hope in Christ I am praying their family members I'm praying for stop and I'm going to continue praying for believing that the gospel will penetrate their lives because even when darkness in the lives of others seems to veil his face I rest on his unchanging grace and the ability that his the gospel has to transform lives are you still with me and then I love this because you know I, I want you to understand at the end, the end of it, he says, when he shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found. Dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless to stand before the throne. I want to tell you the reason why this hope is better than the hope you get in a job that's temporal is because it outlasts this earth. <sighs> I love when in talking about the resurrection uh, in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19 uh, the Bible declares Apostle Paul says if in Christ we have hope in this life only we are of all people most to be pitied. He makes it clear that in Christ, watch, we have hope uh, that lasts beyond this world. That's why I say not even death is the end because we have hope in Christ beyond this world. That's why 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 declares and says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. Come on, Kirk, let's have church for a little bit. I want you to understand he makes it clear that those who are dead come on that we are to the place where we should not be grieving like others who have no hope I wonder if there's somebody in here today that knows because our hope is in Christ that even our loved ones who have died in him come on the bible says blessed are those who die in the lord come on we have hope beyond this world because as colossians 1 verse 5 says because of the hope laid up for you in heaven come on somebody of this you have heard before in the word of truth the gospel and so i want to let you know today that no no matter what it is that you're facing uh, if you put your trust on Jesus come on fact of the matter is that even when you've hit rock bottom you can still get up and stand on the rock come on Sean let's have some church even when you feel like you've hit rock bottom that you can stand up on the rock and this is why the refrain says on Christ the solid rock I stand on other ground is sinking sand on Christ come on the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand and so let me go back to the top 
my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean come on on Jesus name when darkness seems to veil his face I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand faultless to stand because of the blood of Jesus faultless to stand no matter what I've gone through faultless to stand no matter how many mistakes I've made faultless to stand no matter how I've slipped up I wonder if there's anybody in here that can give God the praise because faultless to stand before the throne on Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand somebody that's gonna say I'm gonna found myself on Christ the solid rock I dare you to give him the praise I dare you to open your mouth Shout it! Shout it! Shout it! Yeah! 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 I'm thankful. Even when you've hit rock bottom, you can still stand on the rock. So Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope in Jesus name and so today there's someone you're like man all this sounds cute but I don't know Jesus I don't know the God of hope I'm walking around in a hopeless sense I'm chasing my tail these bills got me strapped man I got more month than money and I'm in a place where I have absolutely no direction and I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to do and you're like man I am just without God in this world I want to invite you to put your trust and your faith in Jesus if you do not know him if you do not have relationship with him I call you to put your trust and your faith in him today the Bible summarizes it and tells us to do so in three ways. It says that we are to repent. Someone say repent. In other words, we acknowledge we are sinners. We have fallen short of God's glory. And that we say we're sorry. And God, we need you in our lives. And to repent, we turn. Someone say turn. And we trust. We put our trust in Jesus. Say, I believe that you died. I believe that you rose from death. I believe that 
you want to give me eternal life and you put your trust in him as your savior and as your lord as the boss of your life and then watch then you seal it in the water and so baptism in baptism we baptize by immersion and we dip you in the water showing that you are buried with christ's death everything his death paid for is accredited to you and then we bring you up out the water showing that you have risen to new life with christ and you are unified with his resurrection and if any man be in christ he is a new creation all things any witnesses are passed away and all things become new and so today you can make the decision to repent believe and be baptized if that person is you you have the option and the opportunity to do so on the 18th of december what date did i say that is the last day for you to have the opportunity to be baptized this year and so online in the house if you are feeling compelled i know there are some of you that are feeling compelled to be baptized if that is you sign up for baptism re, uh, um, repent believe be baptized but not only this not only this uh, if you have already like, i already been baptized and you know what i ran away from christ and i started worshiping buddha or some other god and i'm here today and i'm like man i've been following i'm in witchcraft or i've been all this stuff what do i do you can return to the promise of your baptism you can come back home today you can come on out Jesus loves you. Even though you ran away from him, he never ran away from you. Come home today. There's room at the table for you. Glory to our God. Online and in the house. And so, if you are saying, I'm coming home for the first time, or I'm coming home, returning home, I want you to go to the connection card. There should be a QR code on the seat back in front of you uh, that you can scan and go to the connection card. Uh, not only this, um, the link on the screen for those listening via podcast, servecity.ca forward slash connection card. Go ahead uh, and today fill that out. Let us know about the decision that you have made. Glory to God and our team will get in connection and contact with you. Next steps is the on-ramp to our church. If you're interested in becoming a member, we're not having that today because I believe we're welcoming about, uh, I think it's 15 people. Is it 15 people? Uh, or is it, I think it's 15 people we're welcoming into the church today. Come on, y'all. Uh, 15 new members after church. We're going to be doing that, confirming and strengthening. Come on, that's exciting stuff, man. And so we're not having next steps today, but you can sign up if you're interested. Uh, it happens generally after service. It's going to be uh, a great a great end to the year. I'm believing in Jesus' name. Glory to our God. And so uh, if that was you, whatever decision it is that you have made, uh, we celebrate you and we're grateful for you. Uh, one more time, can we put our hands together and celebrate those who have made decisions for Christ today and those who will in watching the replay online?